Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Things We Do For Love. I'm Izzy Sutty, your host, and this episode I'm joined by the brilliant Bridget Christie, who I've been friends with, good friends with, for years and years. And we recorded this live. This is the first live one of this series at King's Place in London as part of the London Podcast Festival on the 26th of September 2020. And That was in the middle of two lockdowns and it was really odd to be out of the house and to be in front of an audience. We hadn't performed in front of an audience for months and Bridget had come on the tube. The producer and I were acting as if she'd come on a rocket on a private jet or something and that we were like, what was it like? Did you eat snacks? Was anyone else on there? And everyone was kind of getting used to the socially distant seating and being out of the house. And uh, so it was odd, but great. And I'm sure you will have heard of Bridget, uh, but she is an absolutely fantastic comic who manages to combine issues she feels extremely passionately about with just being very, very silly, which is extremely hard to do. I love her very much. So I hope you enjoy our chat. This is The Things We Do For Love with Bridget Christie. Hello and welcome to The Things We Do For Love. The Things We Do For Love. The Things We Do For Love. This week, I'm joined by Bridget Christie. Her favourite mode of transport is a unicycle. I suppose that is a mode of transport, isn't it? I don't think of it as something that gets you from A to B. Would you really use it to get to, like, the station if you were running late? Well, I live in Stoke Newington, and somebody uses one there. (laughs) Of course they do. It's Stoke Newington. Amazing. (laughs) Her favourite ever... Ferry journey is well, none of them because I get seasick. The things we do for love, welcome. Have you been on a ferry, though? Yes, lots. Oh, but you don't like it. I have to lie down. Well, I should get ginger and eat loads of ginger and look at the horizon. But I always forget, and then I always end up getting sick and lying on the floor. Oh, wow. Yeah, I still do it. I get car sick, seasick. I get sick quite a lot. (laughs) 
do you get sick in lifts or is that no. short that's a short enough journey that it I doesn't... don't like going in lifts oh the lift here did you notice the sign on the floor no well so you know you go in and there's the mirror well it's got some feet pointing the other way and it says face this way so oh. I wasn't allowed to look at myself or anything well I could have if I was like a libertarian or something or an owl <laughs> Or a ballerina. Yeah. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Uh, Welcome to the things we do for love. The podcast about the things we do for love and lifts. Um, It might be the time you sent a hundred red roses to yourself at your workplace on Valentine's Day, so that you could show them to the guy you fancied who sat on a desk nearby and go, "Oh my God, this is always happening." I haven't done that. Um, Or it might be the time you were approximately twenty live ants. To what? try and impress a boy during the interval of the musical Grease. What? Who did that? I did that. L- sorry. Has anyone else done that? <laughs> Live ants. Yeah, so we were in Grease, the musical. And we all fancied it. You know, there's like one boy at school who everyone fancies. Did you have that? No. Oh, okay. There well, wasn't really anyone... Well, if he'd gone to your school, it would have changed the whole vibe, believe me. <laughs> right, but he was I'm at Highfield. Sure. <laughs> well, um, in the interval... My friend fancied him as well. And I don't know how it started. I mean, this is awful, really, isn't it? But we it's started cruel. to eat these, for yeah. sure, yeah. These strange little insects that were crawling around on this leaf. We just started to eat them. And we would have a contest to see who could eat the most. But was he watching? Yeah. And did he say, oh, go on, eat those ants? Yeah. yeah. And then what was the payoff then? What was well, the deal? It, it was hinted that one of us would get to go on a date with him, but then it didn't materialise. And I ate the most, and it, never happened we just went and did the second half of Greece. i wonder what he's making people eat now <laughs> no because they always start off don't they like murderers <laughs> like stuffing squirrels and stuff and then they yeah and that then they... ian who's the guy is it what? ian oh i think it's i-a-i-n and a writer called ian something does anyone know who i mean he Sinclair. wrote no it's not ian m banks not Rankin. I like this, though. I think Ian Rankin hasn't got the extra I. I think that's just I-A-N. Ian... Oh, my God. He wrote Ra- this... Who? Not Ian Duncan Smith. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> this Ian, he writes a lot about... I can't believe I can't f- remember his surname. Because also, once I did a gig to promote my book tour, a book tour gig, and I'd finished his book on the journey there so I signed it in my left hand and put love Ian spelled L-U-V and gave it away but he's a very serious writer anyway he didn't write the wasp factory the wasp factory it's Ian all right, Banks alright it's Ian Banks yeah well, isn't Ian Banks and Ian M Banks the same person but he puts the M in for okay this is a good crowd isn't it this, yes <laughs> I feel like we should ask another literary question we should do yeah okay should just be that yeah yeah screw love <laughs> Um, <laughs> these odd times. Okay, who wrote the Majors? Yeah, this is great. Why is no this one is... doing this as a podcast? Who wrote Perfume? Yes, isn't this so much fun? Yeah. <laughs> Do... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Can't think of any other books. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can only think of Shakespeare books. books. What are they? <laughs> Um, who wrote Sharon Osbourne's autobiography? <laughs> so good one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, why does he put the M in to sort of seem more serious or something? 
Yeah, but what does M stand for in sci-fi? It's just... Yeah, you know, it's a sci-fi book, but I wonder why... Or maybe M is what his middle name begins with. Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Michael. Michael. Anyone know his middle name? See, you're not as clever as you thought, are you? (laughs) Yes, I did do the insect eating thing. I used to just do stuff like that. A, I liked to do things, like, for a laugh. You know, if someone said do that, like I jumped off a bridge for a bit and stuff, because someone oh said, I know. So A, I was a bit like that anyway, and B, if there was a boy that I fancied involved, I think I thought it was like a test, or like it would make me look cool, I suppose. But I don't imagine you being like that. Isn't I... that funny? Because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sen... Well, am I sensible? I mean, I don't think I'd do something... For a boy that I was not... I, I've done things for family. My, I, m- I remember my sister coming home for the weekend and I thought you should steal some things for them. That would be nice to give them a present. So I did and got caught. <laughs> Why did you steal them? Because you didn't have any money? Yeah. And well, what did I you steal? Uh, I'm imagining makeup. like a body shop for some reason. No, it, 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 this is... I'm nearly 50, so... It was Woolworths makeup in Woolworths. I thought, this is really easy. I'm just able to put all this stuff in my pocket. And then a massive man came and put me in a small cupboard. <laughs> Did he wait till you'd left the store? Because that's yes. always the. So this was, I was 10, and I can remember everything about what he looked like. He looked exactly like Arthur Miller. Did he? I didn't know what Arthur Miller looked like then, but I've. Subsequently, but you can't read the crucible because it reminds you of that <laughs> of that man. Yeah. Oh my god! And then the police came. I thought, oh, this is a bit much for a child. And then I went to the police station and I had to take my shoes and socks off and stuff. And I thought, because my parents were really strict as well, I thought I'm literally going to die. And my dad came into the cell and just sort of laughed a bit. I said, oh. so this, into the cell. I was put in a cell on my own. Oh my. God, I feel like this wouldn't happen now. But I wouldn't have done that for a boy. Or a girl. You did it for your family? For my sisters, yeah. I thought oh, they'd really like this mascara. Do you think in retrospect that just putting it into your pockets was a bad idea? I didn't give it any thought at all. You see, I think I, at ten, would have been so scared about getting caught that I would have, I don't know, practised different ways of putting it into long sleeves or... I wouldn't have harmed something for somebody else, but I thought this is a big shop with all stuff, so it's not going to be affecting anyone directly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know Even what Even though mean. it was sort of morally wrong to steal, I suppose it felt like yeah, I'm stealing big... from a shop. Yeah, of course. That like, seems different I hope to... Sainsbury's aren't watching this. But someone from Sainsbury's watches every podcast to discover if someone's ever stolen from Sainsbury's. But the other day, you know, at the moment, (laughs) like things are a bit weird. I went into Sainsbury's and I've got this app. So you don't have to scan stuff at the end. You scan it with the app and you put it straight in your bag. And then I walked out with a piece of ginger that I had had to weigh at the tills, but I hadn't wanted to touch anything. And then as I walked out, I remembered I had the piece of ginger, I just carried on walking. 
I think ginger should be free to everyone in the world. That's <laughs> yeah, what I think. Me too. We should just be allowed to have ginger, I think. Yeah, it should be a right. A- and other strange looking sort of root. It was it was strange looking and it was really it was quite a big bit and it looked like a man and I drew a face on it in Biro. It looked like so a you've walking man. Their property. I've stolen and then defaced it. I, I do know a little bit about this because I used to a few years ago deface like lads mags and stuff yes, like that. Yes, you did. Yeah, and I used to um, get all of them off a shelf or in a petrol station or something. Like every single one, and not in a suspicious way, because I thought I'll just do it as if I've been sent from somewhere, and I'm doing yeah, like, like it's a an stock official. Check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll just do it in quite an open way. And I used to do it everywhere I went and take them into the toilet and rip them up and put them in bins or put honey on them and stuff so that what? they can't be resold. You know, right, got it, yeah. Sticks. But it's such a tiny thing. But I just used to think, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you ever used to get... Did anyone give you any hassle for it? No, not once. I was in a Costa Coffee once and there was two policemen behind me and then I asked, because I'm a very sociable person, I, just, I said, hello. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for you guys. <laughs> if I moved something in a shop that then customers couldn't see, is that theft? And they said, yes. Did they? Yeah. But I said, well, how is it theft if I've just moved it? And they said, because you've prevented a sale. Oh, that's interesting. So theft isn't just you taking it, it's the prevention of someone else from buying it. I don't think they knew. I think they just said that because that doesn't sound right. Does anyone here work in like consumer? Oh, um, <laughs> shall we wait for the mic to come to you? Yes. Um, okay, great. Don't touch the mic or we'll all get kicked out. Well, under Section 11 of the Theft Act, the definition <gasps> is the dishonest appropriation of property with the intention to permanently deprive. So if you dishonestly took it and you meant for them to never be able to get it back, then it is theft regardless of where you put it. <gasps> Oh, yes. So, sorry, what's your job? I used to be a lawyer. Oh. oh. Oh, I feel like I should ask another question now. Can I talk about the fact that I've done jury service on a podcast? If the trial's been published, then yes, it's in yeah, the public it has. domain. Yeah. So when I did jury service, I went to get my lunch at Pret at lunchtime, and I saw the defendant next to me at the traffic lights. Is that allowed? Um, I'm just going to say I was a tax lawyer, so I'm not sure. (laughs) You're a tax lawyer? Okay. No, that wasn't a tax case. You know the ginger thing? Yeah, what's... Is that okay? There was no dishonesty there, so you you had the actus reus, the act, but you didn't have the mens rea, i.e. the intention, so it's not theft. Sorry, oh, what was that? Because I didn't have the intention, it wasn't theft. So if you walked out of a shop and you forgot that you were supposed to pay, then it wasn't theft. Technically, and then there's the argument that what? though, when you know that you've done it and you don't go back, technically you've committed theft at that point, but hey-ho. So with my makeup for my sisters, should I have said to Arthur Miller... Oh, I have absolutely no memory of doing that. Because <laughs> I have got a very bad memory. <laughs> like, genuinely. I think it's because That's I... more the insanity defence, isn't it? So, uh... <laughs> well, I, don't, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, you, you, that... you take a hit for the team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. God, that's really interesting. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. 
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever received a Valentine's card from anyone and not known, genuinely not known who it was from? There was a man that I met about twice... And he had a piano delivered to where I used to work. And reception called up, and I said, I know who that is, tell him that I don't want it. And he'll just have to take it away. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, a piano. Had... Oh, God, it's so weird. Do you know, I don't really remember a lot about the past, but... When you talk to someone, you remember all these things, don't you? Like, if you'd not asked that, I would never in a million years have remembered that. Yeah, you wouldn't have been yeah. Yeah, walking along thinking, oh, yeah, that piano. Yeah, so went to a party. This is the timeline. Went to a party, met this guy who was really intense. I thought, oh, he's a bit of an eccentric. Said he played the piano. I said, oh, I used to play, but then gave up when I was about 13. And then he was a little bit stalky. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't see him again, but he knew where I worked. And then he kept having things sort of delivered to reception, and I'd have to say, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. So what did it... Was it a bit like the ant thing graduating on to... Oh, the reason, the reason I was talking about Ian M. Banks, without the M in this case, is the wasp factory. Has anyone read the wasp yeah. factory? Mm. That starts off with quite an innocuous thing, torturing a wasp, because it's oh. called the wasp factory. But I feel like that's, that's the thing, isn't it? They start with... He yeah. starts by making us eat ants, then we by the end is making us eat like elephants so with the piano what were the first presents with... there weren't any it was just that oh he went from zero to a minute because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was thinking oh what else did we talk about what else is going to turn up 
Yeah, but if I the piano is the starting point, what's the next thing going to be? Like a house? No, but also I think if you don't like someone, you don't like someone, right? And you've yeah. got to be honest, it doesn't matter what they give you, you can't have it because there's no yes. such thing as a free grand piano. Well, it's essentially stealing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's being dishonest, I yeah. think. I think taking something from someone when you have no intention of entering into some kind of deal is dishonest. And however much you might like that thing... It's like, yeah, no. I know what you mean. I went on a blind date near Stoke Newington once. And um, you know when you just know immediately when mm. you see someone that they probably feel the same about you, I don't know. But we sort of went through the motions of... But I didn't want him to pay for anything because I felt like I just didn't want... Do you know what I mean? Mm. For him to buy me something and then me feel that I... Oh, not not had to give something anyway, in return. But, no, yeah. I know, but I think it's so fragile when you go on a date anyway, isn't it? And then you've got this undercurrent of who's going to pay. And I don't think I'm a cold person. I mean, I really love people a lot. Yeah, you do. But I think the best thing that you can do with people is to be honest with them. I think it's the most respect you can show somebody. And my sister said to me, she heard me talking to a guy on the phone once and she thought that I was ordering a pizza, but I was actually finishing the relationship because <laughs> it was like this was really great and that was really great but it isn't gonna you know and this is why i don't think yeah, it was like a really emotion. kind of a pragmatic very pragmatic summary yes of where they went wrong no well yeah <laughs> it was actually what you ordered mate to be honest no. um but someone came to pick me up once and i said it's not going to work out what do you mean pick you up to, not go, a taxi. to go on a second oh right date. okay yeah, yeah yeah and you just as soon as you saw him yeah you, yeah i know what you he mean he was so different to the first time that we'd yeah like in every way i sort of the person who came to the door was 100% in every way different to the person that i had previously isn't that so odd yes. like his entire image was different and his personality but it might also be that subconsciously you'd thought between the first and the second date that you weren't sure, but you hadn't realised it yet. Or I'd remembered him differently. Yeah, that could be it. Or Either so, way, it would have been a waste of both of our evenings. So how did you tell him? Did you just say, sorry, I just don't feel that this is going to work out, therefore there's no yeah. point? Really? Yeah. And oh, then what I'm did he so do? I'm so sorry that you've driven here. What did he say then? <laughs> he went, oh, okay. <laughs> I think I'm the opposite. I'm saying in the present tense, you know, I've been the same guy for 10 years, but I don't think I would be able to do that even though I think it's the right thing to do. I maybe would in a letter, I think it but might not face to face. There is a way of doing things that is very nice. I mean, when I say it out loud, it, you might think that's actually really cruel, but it, it wasn't because it wasn't anything. I didn't say... You look, you know, and I didn't <laughs> you lie. You look awful no, compared to how I remember that, you. Though. It was just something no, that was I, so yeah, fundamentally It's different. like something yeah. that we've got a crack in our hall and Ellis tried to put polyfiller in it last night and succeeded. But he was sort of stuffing it in like icing. Anyway, I don't really know much about DIY, but he said, look at these two bits of the wall and one of them was a little bit more forward than the other bit. Like it had moved slightly. And I feel that that sometimes happens between the first and the second date that something shifts intangibly, like it's a mm. tiny shift that no one would notice. Yeah. But the effects are quite... It hasn't affected our house. We're trying to sell 
our house, by the way. So if anyone's watching, it hasn't affected the, the <laughs> structure. But as a metaphor, if I you say that to the person who was coming to buy your house, <laughs> you see this crack. Yeah, I feel that it's like yeah. this is a metaphor for relationship. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what it is now that I think about it. It was the idea of getting my bag, travelling to the place that we were going to, having some food or a drink, knowing that that was going to be the last time I saw this person, and thinking about going enthusiastically into this evening. And I felt that that was the wrong thing to do. But it was false. Yes, completely false. Yeah. And I was very, you know, I was nice to him. I think um, this is a very admirable thing, but I think not many people can do that. Well, I think it's also a very selfish thing. Well, you mean all, you also benefited from it because you didn't want to waste the evening. Is that what you mean? Yeah, although yeah. there would be lots of other things that he could do and that I could have done with that evening. But when you're on a date that isn't going well and you don't feel very into it, you start to think of this amazing amount of things you could be doing, don't you? You're like... Oh my God, I'm wasting my time here. I could be roller skating, even yeah. though I haven't roller skated since I was about 10. Or Doesn't matter. Or something. Yeah, anything. You like yearn to be on your own, sorting through old boxes. Yeah. Like anything to be away yeah. from. It's brutal, isn't it? But I mean, yeah. the whole world has changed so much, though, since I was dating. I cannot even begin to comprehend what modern dating even means. Oh, God, like... nor me, because I think that the choice of communication is actually makes things very difficult i can't imagine going on dates or even being at school and fancying someone you used to ring their landline didn't you but now everyone's got mobiles so even kids you know you're texting or you're snapchat yeah. or yeah but i've got like older friends or siblings whose like profile picture has been done by a pro and also i think it's so sad because you can fall in love with somebody that you've got absolutely not a single thing in common with. And if you, you know, by the time you've gone through all the lists of what this person's into, you've no. removed a whole load of possibilities that we used to, enjoy. Yeah. like you would just see someone and the smell of them was it, or just something yeah. connected you with that person. And I think we've definitely lost that. And also I think because of how modern dating is, it might seem a really odd way for a, two people to get together now like okay well I need to just quickly look you up that to yeah, me seems really quite sad I think with the list of things it's not really about them is it it's just the list of things they like sometimes it's quite separate from them yeah and you're I, sort of not I, going in from the inside you're going in from the outside yeah I also think sometimes something that happened with a previous relationship of mine which was around sort of millennium 2000 which is that I got the impression that all the photos that he took of our experiences were for other people's benefit. Yes, yes. And that was the first time that I ever really thought, because I don't do that now. I mean, I'm not really on social media anyway. But I felt like, oh, we're here. We're at Elvis's house or something. And you're posing for... I thought, God, yes. that's such an odd thing to do. But that's so normal now, isn't it? It is normal now, Yeah. And yeah. you miss so much when you're constantly... Or, like, is that what somebody is into? Or are they saying that that's what they're into because they want people to think that they're really into photography or something? It seems a little bit manufactured now. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much of it is genuine. And I agree. But then there'll be some people watching and listening who are in their 20s 
maybe. Is anyone here in their 20s? <laughs> Do you feel... Hello. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Do you feel like... So you've grown up with the internet, haven't you? When you hear us talking, do you think that's bullshit and actually it's not manufactured at all? Well, do we sound or... really, really, like, ancient? Uh, no. Um, I'd say that I think there's, like, two different classes of... What, what are we, millennials? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, and there'll be some that really connect with, like, the social media hype. Like, we've got a friend who... We went out for someone's birthday and we had to go to Clapham Common to take pictures with her and she didn't even put them up. But every time she goes somewhere, she needs pictures to document. She has to have a picture. Yeah, exactly. And then there's other people who are like away from all of it. And I'd like to be part of that group. Do you agree? Yeah. 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 Do you feel the same? Yeah. So that's lucky. Did you put on your profiles that you... You have much more in common with a 50-year-old than yeah, 20. Yeah. Do you feel like it's intrusive? Like if you're in a group of friends and... And they're on their phone putting the picture on there. and um, I just don't like it because I'm always like, I'm going to look worse. <laughs> what, 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 what is it about that, that you don't like? It's like putting on a face. So, you know, someone takes a picture without you knowing and you're like, oh, well... I'm going to look awful in that picture. Or when you look at a picture of a group of you, just to check whether it's okay, you're only going to look at yourself. That is and so And then you're true. like, yeah, I look great. That's a good picture. Put that one up on Facebook or something. Yeah, so we're losing what people look like, aren't we? And yeah, yeah, how exactly. people behave. And, yeah, completely. Yeah. Because we are anyway, because of filters. Yeah. Everything is staged. But actually, the best photos are the one where you might take of your... A candid. A couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he doesn't know that it's being taken. Yeah. And that you've captured, like, the essence of him or... If you can plan that, that's the best way. Yeah. You've got to plan the candidates. <laughs> hmm. Did you meet online? No. Or, no. And when you met, did you Google each other? Because we never had that, like, with the piano guy, Bridget, you might have Googled him and found that he'd been, like, convicted of sending a piano he to someone. He absolutely would have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it, it was the same piano. <laughs> yeah. Same. He knew it would get rejected, so he yeah. just kept... Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you Google each other out of interest when you met? Did you, like, put each other's names? Um, we didn't have to do that. We ended up living together as, like, mutual friend flatmates. That's such a good together. way of getting to know someone, isn't it? Yeah, great. I know all his bad traits now. Are you in a minority amongst your friends? I'd say so. Like, as in, like, meeting organically. As in using devices when you meet up and taking pictures of everything and on social... Oh, I see. Um... No, I, I think there is like a 50-50 split. Really? Do you think yeah. that's good? Wow, that's so. so interesting. Because if you've got one friend who's the social media person, then at least you're being tagged. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's so, so true. You've got God, somebody it's doing so all the legwork. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. You don't have to do any of the work, do you? No. And you know you'll look good in all the photos because it's not in her interest or his. Oh, to you put... don't know that. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as they look fine. But then you just got to hook. I've got photos of me skiing from like, I suppose it was actually during the internet, but none of us were really au fait with it, where I look horrendous, like awful, like my face is sunburnt, I used to smoke then, there's one of me with a fag hanging out of my mouth, and my cheeks are bright red, and I've got like all these double chins, and this fag's hanging out of my mouth. But that is what, when I think of you is, that No, but that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I think it's a good emotion to have, though. I've seen photos of myself that 
I just can't believe that that's what I look like. And I think that's quite human. And I think it's good to have that. It is you know, good. Yeah. I felt quite ashamed and all these different things that I haven't felt for quite... And I, I thought I was beyond that, actually, because of my age and stuff, but I'm not. And I really thought about... I really thought about that, because it wasn't that long ago. I was doing a gig, actually, and some photos went up, and I was like... I oh, from the gig? From a live... Yeah, it, like live I, I think photos. it is... Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because you go, yeah. oh... But actually, I think it is good for you. It, it, yeah. it feels like it probably is. Like, good for you in the way that the exercises. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you've got out the other side of... Wow, fuck. Is that okay? That's what that's what, well, that is what I look like. So just be really good at something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. that shouldn't be part of if you're not used to. I always think as well, if I didn't do this job, I probably wouldn't really know what I look like at all. Yeah. But then people do yeah. because they look at photos of themselves all the time. These millennials probably, except yeah. for these two, probably. Yeah. These millennials, they probably look at photos of themselves all the time. Whereas we don't. We just go, oh, that's what I look like. Yeah, but they're taking them of themselves. So they're not seeing photographs of themselves doing a gig where their face is quite animated or they're... Yes, that's true. You know. Yeah, they're still, aren't they? Yeah. God. But, uh, you know, we should love our... I mean, I, I love myself. You know, but it's yeah, not but you, about but you that. have to it's take the rough with the smooth, yeah, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Then if you see a picture that's all right, you go, oh, oh right, okay. Lighting then, that's the answer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it sounds so awful, but as I get older, that is what I do more and yes, more. Yes, getting like, older, Oh, yeah. it's all about the lighting. Yeah. I can't believe I care about this. No, when I was no. younger, I just used to... You know, I always see people things about wrinkles. You're like, I won't give a shit about wrinkles. I'm going to be doing my poetry in the street. I do think that if I'd been young when the internet had existed, I would have written such terrible poetry about how the internet brings out vanity and stuff. Because all the poetry mm. I wrote was about, like, nothing is real and everyone's false. And, yeah, so yeah. it would have played right into my hands. Yeah. You do change as you get older, though. I mean... If I look at photos when I started gigging when I was about 31 or something, they weren't all disgusting. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's, but uh, I don't know. It's funny. You shouldn't care, but you just, we're all human, aren't we? Yeah. And we do. And I care, even though I'm now with someone who I feel I'm going to be with forever, I still yeah. really care. Yeah. Like, I still look at myself, and I've got the same guitar that I've had for ages, and I go, the guitar looks as young as it always did. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just think, if we were in the olden days, we wouldn't see photos of ourselves unless we were rich and we paid a photographer yeah, to but take. But we'd just be standing there like that. Yeah, but we maybe couldn't... that was their version of looking hot. Because they were like that, weren't they? What in real life? Yeah, were they? I think so. Well, I think women weren't allowed to have emotions were they all no that they wouldn't I imagine that they would be like be oh don't open your mouth so wide or don't like <laughs> I they... think they said the opposite didn't they <laughs> no. but I can imagine they'd be like oh a lady doesn't shout or do you know what I mean cry or yeah laugh or... I'm sure they did behind the it's scenes because of their but... teeth though wasn't it they all oh, had yeah rotten yeah. teeth but I still think that they probably thought they looked fit in those portraits God, isn't it weird thinking about were the Victorians vain or as vain as we are yeah. now? Or like was prehistoric man vain? Or was it only when we 
Yeah, before mirrors. I've just realised that they would have had mirrors so they could know what they look like. I'd, I'd forgotten about mirrors. I thought that you'd what only be able to see yourself in a photo. <laughs> what, Victorian? Yeah. Did you think? <laughs> when was the mirror invented? Like, long time ago. It was glass, wasn't it? Yeah, glass and a, a pond. I'm looking to the lawyer because I feel like she'll... A pond is essentially a mirror. A pond is nature's mirror. It is? Yeah. So, in fact, it was invented by God, if you believe in God, or at the beginning of time, wasn't it? So even cavemen and women might have peered at themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I gone thought, on. Oh, I really need a brush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hairbrush. Let's invent a hairbrush. I suppose when you haven't got... Like, if the top tier of good-looking people didn't exist... I always think of Cindy Crawford and Bruce Willis, but they are... Bruce not, Willis? Yeah. Is that who you think of? Yeah, if someone asks me who I fancy out of, like, Hollywood stars, I always say... I always think of Bruce Willis, not just always say Bruce Willis, but... Fancying is different, though. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe I wouldn't look to him. So say someone like Brad Pitt, but that's because when we were young, things like Thelma and Louise were coming out. I'm sure they're a younger... Isn't it weird? Because aesthetic beauty, I don't think, has anything to do with fancying somebody. I've seen people... Actually, there was a woman in France when I was on holiday and we were sat outside years ago at a little table and she was walking towards us and I genuinely felt like a different species to her. I felt like I wasn't made with the same stuff and I went, fucking hell, look at this woman. And we all looked at her and we were like... (laughs) 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 Like, we literally couldn't believe it. And she would have been mid-50s or something and then I said if she looks like that now imagine what she looked like when she was which is a ridiculous thing to say but you know it was shocking that we're all so different but I think I've never fancied somebody who was regarded as as conventionally good looking yes and even like at school and stuff it we never never yeah so it wasn't like the kind of I want to say baseball guys, but that's because I've watched a lot of things like Freaks and Geeks. It wasn't like the sports jocks. It was more likely to be, I imagine, a guy with long hair who sits in the corner with like maybe a kitten in the inside of his coat, like a weird guy. This sounds so naff, right? And I kind of hate myself for saying it, but it's just who the person is. Yeah. But don't you think looks, do you think looks play any part in it? Of course. And do you think if you'd met someone you were a teenager who you got on with like really well, yeah. but they were very conventionally good looking and had like short hair and like muscles, that you'd be like, ugh? No, it, it wouldn't have made any difference to how, if it was the personality that was drawing me to that person, then it doesn't matter. But if it, it was never going to be the look of somebody that drew me to them. Actually, even if I go right, right back to being five or six it never was that okay it, w- but it would be like what is that boy what? doing with that b- bit of fence or something <laughs> what is i mean <laughs> yeah. there's always stuff Why like that when you're at the top of yeah. the lamppost yeah it would be that sort of thing it would be driven by what they were doing what they were they doing were. not what they but don't you think how the soul inhabits the body <laughs> hey, <up>. affects <laughs> affects how they what I mean is, if you had a pair of twins, yep. who only ever come in pairs, yep. and they were completely identical, but they had completely different personalities, how the personality is affects the way someone looks. Yes, it does. So what's, what's the question? Don't know. 
Would I go out with both of them? Yeah. <laughs> if they had no, the same you wouldn't because you're saying you're only attracted to personality. Only attracted to one of them. But they I think what the question was is if looks <laughs> don't matter at all. You, I no, think they I'm do. Ma- they looks- do matter. Oh, okay. I do think you have to be physically attracted to somebody, but that doesn't mean that they have to be aesthetically. Yeah. Or tick whatever box. It could be the way they walk, or and you just can surprise yourself. Yeah, I agree. It can be an aspect, of or them, a hand, or a kindness. That I, I think now I value kindness so much more than I did. I just used to value stuff like could they write songs or how many bands were they in? You know, when we were at school, <laughs> it was always song related. And then as I've got older, I think kindness has become something that matters to me so much in yeah. every relationship. And that a person can look kind or something about their mannerisms. That's so interesting. As When my mum was dying, she said quite a few things, but she said to me, make sure if you ever do end up with somebody, make sure that they're kind. That's pretty much the only relationship advice she gave me. That's oh, well, and you don't have to get married or be with anybody at all, ever. They're the best two pieces of advice ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. And that you don't own your children. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and she had nine. So she knew. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, she was like, they get to a certain age and then, and then they are... They're their own. Not yours. Well, they never really are yours anyway, but... Yeah. But they definitely aren't when they... Yeah, that's... I can feel mine pulling away from me... Now, my son, who's third, he'll be 14 in April, a bit man, it's, um, it's, it's something to deal with, you know? Yeah, I bet. And because I'm the youngest of nine, my older siblings who had children when I was 11, so I was an auntie at 11. Wow. And so they say to me now, it doesn't get easier, but the problems and the worries change. So yeah. when they're little, are they safe? Are they going to smash their head on that? Have they eaten enough? You know, if they had all their jabs or whatever, and then as they get older, it's where are they? Who? Uh, my Who are they with? Like, yeah. yeah. My main thing that I want for my this is the only thing that I think about with them is are they happy? That is literally the only thing that I worry about. I don't worry about what jobs they'll do, where they are. That's the only thing that I'm focused on. And then and actually, what do you do if you feel like they aren't? Because I feel like I'm going to be asking you in time, because mine are five and nearly two. You, you, and you sort of don't want to force a conversation if you feel like they're unhappy about something. But The only thing that I've said to them since they were little, and nobody knows how to... Par- if a parent says to you, I'm a great parent, then they're Shit. just a yeah, twat. A liar. Yeah, yeah. a liar. <laughs> and an idiot, and I hate them. It's like the <laughs> hardest thing to do, and there's no right or wrong way to do it at all. But the only thing I've been doing with mine since they could understand, really, is you tell me if there's anything, please, bothering me, or I am here. I'm not going to keep asking you how you are, but I'm here. The thought for me that my children didn't tell me about some problem or thing actually tears me apart. I can't really cope with it at all. Yeah. But they won't talk to me, I'm sure. There's they not won't. much I can do yeah, about that. Yeah, but you that. can only say that you're there. I can only say that I'm here. We yeah. used to have a reciprocal thing, me and mum, really, and understanding that she could talk to me about stuff as well and I could talk to her. Yeah. And then it led to loads of things like, she's a bit of a worrier. She found Jostics in my room. Do millennials <laughs> use Jostics? No, they don't. <laughs> probably don't even know what they are. 
they're like long sticks that you burn that make the room smell nice. They have um, plug-in ambipure. Yeah. <laughs> that they take photos of. Yeah. Um, so when you burn them, it's loads of grey ash just on this long... You used to get these wooden holders, didn't you, that you they stuck... They drop the, into, yeah. yeah. And <clears> mum <throat> found the sticks in the ash. And I was quite a naughty teenager, actually. Were you? I was very naughty, yeah. They always knew where I was, but that's the thing. I always felt like I could be honest and go, this is who I'm with. This is how much I'm going to drink. This is what I'm going to smoke. I'm going to smoke Marlboro Reds, because that's what I started on when I was 12. 12? Yeah. And I'm going to drink this, and I'm going to be in the bandstand, and you can come and pick me up at 2 a.m. And then... At 12? Maybe 14 for that. Right, yeah. yeah, I was going to say... So mum found these joysticks in my room and she's never taken any kind of drugs, you know, and was like, this is marijuana, this is drugs. And so she came to me and said, I've found marijuana in your room. I was like, I haven't got any. And she was like, no, Uh, she showed me. And then I said, no, that's joysticks. And then we had a real laugh about it. Oh, that's great. But I think, I know this sounds a bit weird, but she felt able to come to me in the way of like, I'm really worried about this rather than get, you know, we found this like she didn't assume it was definitely that we had this sort of openness with each other yeah that's really great yeah it was really mine never worried about me i think because i was pretty much as i am now because i had eight older siblings yeah i was a very mature child and i sort of left home very young like 14 15 and i was a biker as well at that time and I remembered I sort of went to France on a bike when I was 16 and stuff. And um, I did talk to them about it later, and they said they never worried about me. They only worried that I would be killed in a crash, basically. But they didn't worry that I was going to be doing... you were going to do... It would be like something would be on your control. Something beyond my control. And very streetwise, and I sort of just was, apart from getting done for shoplifting. That wasn't very streetwise, but I should have been able to get away with that. That wasn't your fault. That was the security guard's fault. Yes. That you got caught. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he was, was too in the good wrong at place job. at the wrong time. <laughs> but yeah, they never worried that I was vulnerable or going to get in with the wrong crowd or something. I think they knew that I was... And I did get in with the wrong crowd and I had to really fight a lot of them to say, I'm not going to do that or that or that or that or that, but I'm here having a good time. Whatever you say. And I was a child and they were like, I don't know, 35, 40 or something. So when you were still sort of in your teens, you were hanging around with... That yes, happens quite still a lot, at school, it? really. Especially in small towns. Yeah. yeah. Hanging around with like the old bikers. But I was like, oh, well, I'm just not going to do that. You know, or, I was but, li- but we'll go and have a drink or... Yeah. yeah. You were the opposite. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could well, be Well, like led. jumping off the bridge. Like, yeah. what happened with that is that we were walking across the main bridge in Matlock. There are two bridges in Matlock. One's got traffic going across it. It wasn't that one. People always think it is, and I'm like, no, that's really high. This one was probably about as high as this balcony from the rail, and the river was the floor. And we were walking across it, and it was the year before sat started which you probably didn't have to do imagine i was really scared about my maths sat exam because it determines i think what kind of stream you get put into for your gcses so we were walking across the bridge and erin said my brother jumped off this the other day and he just swam around and it was really funny 
And they said, go on, Izzy, jump off. I thought you were going to say, and it really helped him with his maths. Yes. And he learned about how rivers work as a result of being... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he got like an A star. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was raining, you see, and he couldn't see the bottom, and it looked really deep. So oh they said, go on, Izzy, it'll be fine. It's raining. It'll just be like jumping into like a swimming pool. So I did. It took a bit of time. I sat on top of the rails, and then I just jumped. And then I landed with my foot at a complete right angle to oh my, my ankle. God. So it was, yeah. Also, I had used to dye hair with henna. I don't know if you did. but mm. So I had bright red hair, and it all went into my face. And I was like, I'm blind. My eyes are full of blood. And then I realised it was my hair. And it was like such a relief that I, was like, I could see. I don't know how I thought I'd blinded so myself because my head hadn't even gone under the water. Well, so I actually hit the bottom a lot quicker than I thought I would because my maths wasn't good enough to know that it had only been raining for an hour. So and did you break your ankle? I broke my ankle, yeah, my left ankle. Just yeah. one? And your knee and your back was okay? Everything else was fine, yeah, just my ankle. And then I didn't know how to tell my parents. I was already a bit of a, you know, always out and always like... Mm. So I didn't want them to think that someone had told me to jump off a bridge and I'd done it. So I said that someone's brother... You know when you're trying to be vague, so you go, oh, someone's brother, and they won't know that someone's brother had pushed me in... The duck pond. Had pushed you in? Yeah, into a different oh. body of water, into yeah. the duck pond, which isn't deep. So that that would seem like a funny, jokey thing, which they didn't find funny at all. But did they believe it? No, they didn't believe it. And they had to take me to the hospital because my ankle had started to swell up. Erin came in the car with us. Erin found a fiver on the floor as I landed and went to buy some fags. So I was on my own, thinking I was blind. And then I got out. She came out with the fags. We had a fag and went home. Where Someone wheeled all... me on their skateboard. I couldn't walk. So where was everyone else? They all ran off. Someone came with a skateboard and wheeled me home. Then I had to go to the hospital. Yeah. Were they impressed or did you not see them? Like, what did you gain? I thought you meant the nurses. No, um, the people I, who... I gained nothing. You I gained sort of, nothing? I, I didn't fare worse or better. I don't think they thought that I was a twat. I think they were just a bit mystified that I'd done it. That they didn't sense. think you would do it? No, but then again, that's my interpretation of it. And actually, sometimes I go home and people are like, oh, you're the girl who jumped off the bridge. So I don't know if that is neutral. But maybe they're like, I can't believe you did that. Did they ask you to do other things after that or not? I was generally known as someone who would do jackass type things like that. Um, like, I was friends with these two guys in sixth form. We all did drama together. We used to put Vicks under our eyes has anyone ever done that? It just really stings your eyes. I don't even know why we used to do it. They just used to water. And then they convinced me that in order to stop the effect of the Vicks, you had to put more Vicks on. So just put loads, like big globs of Vicks under my eyes. And my oh. eyes really stung, but I just sort of didn't care. Did you think, oh, I don't think putting more on is going to... If putting a bit on is making them really water, how can why? putting... Did you pass maths or... So I got put into the top set as a result of not taking the sat and then I got a C and they were really annoyed with me because everyone else got A's. Yeah. I just used to trust people. I think that's it. Maybe that's it. I used to trust people, but I also wanted attention and I wanted to make people laugh and that is quite a lethal combination. Yes. Trusting people, wanting <laughs> to make people laugh and yeah, that's, that's a good fun friend though, right? Yeah. 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 That's good. 
I think that trust thing is massive, isn't it? Once that goes, you cannot get it back at all, ever. I think that's true, but I think it's necessary for it to go, actually. When I got let down by someone in a relationship who I just realised wasn't who I thought he was, that was actually a really important lesson to learn because it meant that I realised what I really valued and I, I kind of grew up a bit. But I like to think I've retained some of that naive... I mean, if you told me now that I should put Vicks under my eyes, I probably wouldn't do it. But I think there's an element of me that sort of still goes, oh, fuck it, you know. Yeah. But you have to grow up a bit. I mean, not everyone does, but I always remember when we used to go clubbing, there was always, like, one really old guy. I don't know if anyone else found this as well. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the old guy, yeah. yeah like, one... About like you were saying about the bikers. <laughs> yeah, he's got a piano with him. Um, you, you know, you were saying about the bikers... I always felt a bit like that when we used to sort of go out when we were like 18 or 19. That we'd go back to someone's house for a party and there'd be one guy who would be like, who are you? And he'd be like, I'm Des, I'm 54. We'd be like, what, what are you doing are you here? here? And he wasn't trying to like <clears throat> get off with any of us. No. He just sort of wanted to hang around and dance. And yeah. It's funny, I've just remembered actually. I would have been, I think, 16, maybe 16, 17, and we all went to the Isle of Man TT races. And because I was the most sensible grown-up out of all of us, and they were, I th- I'm sure some of them were like 35, 40, they said to me, oh, you have the key to the house and keep it safe because we're all going out on the lash. And so I put it in a suitcase under my bed and then we couldn't get in. We had to break in. <laughs> I was like, you said put it somewhere safe. They were like, yeah, but we meant... <laughs> you were too sensible. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sensible. It definitely didn't get lost. No. Aww. And even when they told me, I was still couldn't really work it out. Like, how did put you put this in a safe place? And so I did. You did? Yeah. I want to know more about this biker thing. You don't ride a bike now, do you? I've, so I got my license at 17, had one in Gloucester. And then when I moved to London, I sort of didn't really have anywhere to put one or, you, you know, feel the, the money to keep one, yeah. basically. Because I worked in offices from like 15 to 23, drama school 23 to 26, and then offices from 26 to 42, basically, something like that. It was only when I was 42 I started properly earning money from comedy, so I just had loads of day jobs. But I want to get another one now, but I've got RSI in both my wrists, um, so I'm not sure about how that Because it's quite hard to, on your... Is, are there yeah. any bikers in... I don't think they tend to go to podcast recordings. Why why wouldn't a biker go to a podcast? I don't know, I feel like they sort of be at gigs. Oh my God, I cannot believe it. (laughs) I can't imagine them doing things like eating or going to the toilet. (laughs) I can just imagine them on their bikes going to gigs. Yeah, or like having an ice cream. Um, (laughs) So is it hard on your wrists? I've only been on the back of a bike. Why would well, yeah, it affect? That's how you accelerate yeah, and change okay. gears. So it is. So you ha- yeah. it, everything is like this. I did a quad bike at Centre Parks, and just thought I was going to faint from the pain of it. Oh God! And yeah. you've got to keep doing it, otherwise you, yeah, you can't and, move. Yeah, and I was doing it, and so you go on like a. <laughs> Like a, is it quite a gentle like a 40 like, minute yeah. no it was really oh, intense right, okay. like yeah. up and down and you you know you have to wear a helmet and all like a bit an adult quad bike after about 15 minutes I was like oh my god <laughs> like but I had to keep going and literally by the time we finished and we we're getting our overalls off I couldn't feel my arm and my oh I was my in such yeah and god. I was like oh no I wonder if I could get a bike then that was no you can't well I'll just have to try it out 
I think it would be worth looking into whether there was another way of stopping and starting it, like with your voice. Yeah, but you've got to accelerate still and change gears. My hands froze once. I got caught in a blizzard when I was 17 in Wales in the mountains and I was at the back because I had a slower bike to everyone else and they all carried on. They'd got to Monmouth or somewhere and I was still in like the Breckens or something on my own in a blizzard and my hands had frozen. I, I couldn't ride a bike. So I was trying to change gear with like my palm, the palm of my hand and brake. Oh my God. Yeah, so I just had to get off and just wait in a blizzard on my own. Sort of defrost your hands. And <laughs> defrost then... my hands. And then I think someone came back about an hour and a half later or something to see where... Because I could have come off or anything. But This is what always happens to me with skiing, that I'm the slowest. Everyone goes ahead and then someone has to come back to, really? to climb up and help me down the red run. Yeah. So I sort of know how that feels to be thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll yeah. go. But how did you get involved with them? If you ride a bike, do you just meet other bikers naturally? Yeah. Like, well, when I was about 14, 15, I used to go to the biker pubs in Cheltenham and Gloucester and um, I met men, <laughs> this sounds really bad, I mean, you know, it was all illegal. I remember because my first boyfriend I was with for nine years, but he thought I was an adult. <laughs> right, okay. And so I would have been about 14, 15 or something. <laughs> and you I told said, him you were 60? I told or... him I was a magician's assistant, yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> like he was, I don't know, in early 20s or something. But I was very, um, I didn't do anything, let's say that. Well, oh, which sure, I, yeah. Which sure. I didn't. I was very, you know, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. We can be, you know. <laughs> and um, he called up once while I was at school. And my mum said, <laughs> she's not in, because this is like 80, you know, there wasn't, you just had your landline. Yeah. Phone. And so some bloke phones up and says, is Bridget there? Mum says, no, she's at school. And then he hung up. And then mum said, a man called for you today. And I was like, I have no idea what that was. And then I wrote him a card. I remember it was a blue card with a white kitten on it. And I said, dear Kev, I can't see you anymore. That's all I put in the card. And I'm like, yeah, in brackets, you know, because you'll be in prison. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and the visiting hours will be while I'm at school. Um, (laughs) I would have forgotten all of it. Anyway, yeah, so then it ended... And then we sort of got back together again a few, like, a bit later. We didn't have relations, who were a missus. And then um, I was with him until I was 23 then. So he was a biker? Yes, so I suppose I was attracted to biker men. And the whole thing, the whole sort of lifestyle, going off for biking weekends and being in big gangs, and I was in the motorcycle action group and... They were the Wolves Outlaws, that's what like, the local Hells Angels were called. And they were really good fun, and I liked the clothes and, yeah. and the badges. It's <laughs> a bit like brownies, isn't they it? They were nice people, <laughs> yeah. The brownies, yeah. It's exactly like that, because we had to put tents up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the biking badge from brownies. <laughs> um, did you go to brownies? No. Actually, that doesn't surprise me because you probably were starting to get into bikes then. It's so the opposite. It's like about safety and kind of routine, I suppose. God, I've got a memory of being tiny, like possibly five or six, and having one of my older sister's uniform, costume, whatever you call it. I would have gone with that young. uh, But if I did go, definitely wouldn't have been for very long. Certainly not by the time I was about seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. 
I went to Brownies and Guides, and then um, when we were at, in in Brownies, someone threw someone else's shoe onto the roof of the brownie hut, and they had to get a local fireman to come to get it oh. down because it was so high. He that was the only like person a with a ladder. Waste of resources. I know, and she got kicked out after that. I'm not surprised. I know. Bloody yeah. outrageous. I know. That reminds me of when I went to, used to go to Sunday school. And they decided to play this game, this is around the same time, where everyone took their shoes off and put them in a pile in the middle of the room, then turned the lights off and drew the curtains so it was pitch black. And then the game was you had to find your own shoes as quickly as possible, just by feeling them. Gosh, that sounds very hard. Well, it was mayhem and someone broke their leg. No! Yeah. Broke their leg? Yeah, a girl broke her leg from the, the sort of scramble for oh people. My God. I know. Because if as a kid you're told, do this thing, you've got to do it as quickly as possible, you just go for it, won't you? Well, I would have held back because I would have seen <laughs> such a boring child. No, I'd have gone, I'll just let everyone else get theirs and then mine will be the ones that are left. Oh, that's actually a really good... <laughs> yeah. No, I had no childhood. <laughs> yes, I was just watching other people have fun. Where are you going? Why are you going over there? Ah! I wasn't going to leave you on the stage. (laughs) That's at the end. That's so cute, that Diddy guitar. Oh, my daughter's put loads of toys into this. (laughs) Okay. That's the end. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we'll do the song to say goodbye the things we do for love the things we do for love this week I was joined by Bridget Christie her favourite pudding is what kind of a loser has one has one I think favourites is a very divisive thing Okay. okay if she had to have a pudding today it would be a French apple tart mm. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a strawberry tart. An apple pie. Really? No. Uh, a cheesecake. An American cheesecake. No, or? actually a sponge cake. What flavour? Coffee and walnut. No, not coffee. And wa- uh, passion fruit and um, what? An orange cake. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I don't know. I mean, all of them. <laughs> the things we do for love. <laughs> The things we do for love. Her favourite dog is... A fa- what is this? We're not going to pick one dog. Okay. Her least favourite dog is... That's equally as... But that's the same as having a favourite. Okay, okay. A dog she'd most like to stroke is... doesn't mean it's your favourite, you'd just most like to stroke it. An Irish wolfhound. The things we do for love... Thank you very much. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you for listening. That was The Things We Do For Love with the splendid Bridget Christie, which we recorded at King's Place. Hope you enjoyed it. Bridget's 
radio series Mortal is now on BBC Sounds. It's absolutely fantastic. And she has a new tour, brand new tour, starting in September. All the dates are on her website, bridgetchristie.co.uk. That will also appear in the show notes if you want to check it out. Please do go and see her live. She's just amazing live. You feel like you're part of a magical happening. That's the best way I can describe it. My own book is out now please buy it it's a novel about an anxious woman who's trying to make her life better she has health anxiety and various kind of worries that trouble her she's also charming funny like we all are kind of flawed trying to make the best of things her partner's cheated on her and she's moved back in with her parents and she's been given a really shit phone by her mum who's trying to make everything better but the phone doesn't even go online so imagine that so that's called Jane is Trying and that's available wherever you get your books basically if you enjoyed the podcast please tell people please subscribe please leave us a review and we will see you next time The Things We Do For Love was hosted by me, Izzy Sutty, and featured my guest, Bridget Christie. Thanks to the London Podcast Festival for having us. The theme music is by Charlie Jefferson. The Things We Do For Love is produced by Ben Walker for Fuzz Productions and the internet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.